Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my MyLifeInABook.com journey and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions and you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P. At checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Folks, uh, it's been a pretty hectic week. There's a lot of stuff that typically I would have written down to talk about, such as uh, this Timothy Pitson story, uh, or lack thereof, it was confusion, all this kind of stuff. Uh, that wasn't something I was able to focus on too heavily this week because... There was a big loss in music, specifically hip-hop music. Uh, rapper, actor, visionary, uh, revolutionary, Nipsey Hussle was gunned down in his own neighborhood in front of his own store earlier this week. As a matter of fact, after we got done recording, when Fran left, he texted me to tell me that this had happened. I couldn't believe I was in shock. Yeah. Uh, I really couldn't believe that. It's still kind of hard to believe because... 
you know, I know there are people that listen to this. We have a very diverse audience, different age groups and everything like that. And you just would hear a rapper shot and you go, well, you know, the, that's the life they live. But the, I mean, this guy was a stand up dude, uh, uh, regardless of what his affiliations were gang wise. He was trying to change the neighborhood that he came from and was doing a fantastic job at it, providing opportunities to people uh, who wouldn't have them by any other means. And he was taken out by some jealous person who didn't matter, mm-hmm. who didn't think he mattered and wanted to shoot down a, a bright star and uh so i just want to uh give prayers and blessings to his family he's a father of two kids a husband and a lot of people are feeling the effects of this this week uh you got anything you want to add on um rest in peace nip uh days like that throws my brain into like a whole i start i start thinking way too deep than i should yeah Cause I went through this when Mac Miller died. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, shit. Yeah. You, you again. You just never know. Never know. And it's just like, it's it for me personally is rough. Cause that when I heard about it, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh god. Like you just so much shit you can leave behind. For sure. And then people, you got people in the world like that that don't care. Yep. Um, it was it was pretty rough for me. And coming from this city, coming from Baltimore. I mean, there have been so many rappers that were on the come up who mm-hmm. were killed, you know, just just trying to stay in the hood, you know, trying to yeah. stay real and all these kind of things, but weren't exactly, you know, I'm not trying to shoot down anybody's name, but it's not exactly like they were trying to change what was happening. They just wanted to stay a part of what, they wanted to stay in the loop of where they came from. No, nah, you can't. No. <laughs> and even Nipsey, he was trying to change it, but him being so tangible was what made his mu- his movement so powerful because he was trying to change things, but then he'd also be right there. Yeah. You know? And it sparked this debate online about, you know, are, are you fake if you get money and leave where you came from? You know? I think you can do both. I think you can leave where you came from and still come back, chop it up, build, you know, create, and but go back to somewhere where you're not surrounded by vultures and snakes. And... You know, for better or for worse, that's what made Nipsey so real because he was a stand-up dude with a heart as big as anything and no fear. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, you know, it, it's sad for a person to die in a place where they go, I can't believe people don't want to stay here. These are my people. These yeah. people love me. I'm the people's champion. Mm-hmm. And you get gunned down by somebody who you knew, who from all accounts that we've heard, uh, the guy was, you know, a rat and got mm-hmm. disbanded from his affiliations in the neighborhood and nipsey gave him a chance he said look man you're not supposed to be around here but i tell you what if you go get your paperwork and you come back and you show us your paperwork then we don't have any problem you you can prove that you're not a rat paperwork for oh okay. yeah you oh. know because whenever any kind of thing situation like that i'm not like a street dude but mm-hmm. i you know I, I know some stuff but anything like that is on file if you cooperated in a case if you got on the stand mm-hmm. you are in you get paperwork for that you are you are in there's something that you can show to say either, you know, look, my name isn't on this or my name is on this. Mm-hmm. He gave him a chance. He said, you go get that. And, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll clear your name. You don't have any problems. And he didn't oh. do it on some rah-rah shit. Oh, you that's know. what I heard. That he, yeah. he like kicked him out. I was like, you're not even supposed to be around here, bro. No. he. It's two different but accounts. Know, yeah, but it right. was this, even if it was kind of loud, he still said, go get your shit. Yeah. Go get your paperwork and you come back and, and we'll, we'll, we, can, we can squash this right here and right now. The dude left and came back. 
And what he did to that man, I didn't watch the video, but what he did to that man, what I heard was the most hateful. I mean, shot him, came back, realized that because Nipsey Hussle employs felons, Mm -hmm. you know, like everybody who worked at his stores were former felons he was given a second chance to. So if you're on parole, you can't have a gun. So once he realized, oh, I'm not getting any fight back. Came back, shot him some more. Yeah. Ran again, I heard. I didn't, I didn't, again, I didn't watch the video, but ran again, I heard. Realized again, still nobody was coming and came back again and like kicked him. Yeah. So that person's disgusting. That's he crazy. was, he was picked up. Uh, I hope they throw him under the jail, but I don't think he'll live much. I mean, it doesn't matter how much time he gets. He, he won't be safe for however long he'll live. They'll get to him eventually. I believe that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know what they're going, you know what they're going for in court. Oh, then, oh, the insanity. Oh, for sure. They yeah. picked him up at a mental facility. Yeah, he said know? he had he had you know a lot of mental issues. Well, the crazy thing, you know, and again, uh, I know there's a there's a other stories that kind of were on the news, but this is all I've been focused on. So yeah. I really have been mm-hmm. do- doing a lot of investigating on this kind of stuff. Apparently, the local news, and I, I'm not from LA, so I you know I'm I'm not I don't mean to speak on their politics and what's going on in their city, mm-hmm. but from the word is all the way here on the East Coast, what I'm hearing is. The day that that dude did that to Nipsey, mm-hmm. there was like a like a cold red put out on the city, and th- his gang members were killing this dude's family, mm. left and right, like just trying to smoke him out. But the news didn't want to put it out there just to not cause even more of a panic. Uh, but I hear they killed a couple of his family members to try to smoke him out because he was red. Because well, because he killed Nipsey Hustle. Oh, I thought, I thought no, you I mean before. After, I mean, oh, okay, after he killed Nipsey, oh, okay. he went into hiding. I thought you were going to say before. Okay. Yeah, he hit the road or whatever and, you know, found some friends to kind of, you know, keep him stashed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they started killing his family members. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that that's one. why he turned himself in somewhere safe, like a, at a facility to where he could get picked up and, you know, go in. And that was the safest option for him. Mm-hmm. There was no other option. If he would have got found by anybody other than the police officer, he wouldn't be alive. Yeah. Um, so and they got damn. Yeah, it got pretty. It got pretty nuts. I hear. You I, know, know I mean, I, you know, they, you know, That's but crazy. but you know, uh, as far as everything with Nipsey, his visuals, there was a gang rally of all different sets yeah. and Bloods and Crips, and they did a march to the to Nipsey's Marathon store. Mm-hmm. It was pure peace and love. But that kind of action was bound to have a volatile reaction, you know. But that's not what it's about. There was also positivity that came out of that, you know? And just one last thing I want to speak on Nipsey before we get to some good vibes and try to turn things around. Nipsey Hussle was the first person I heard speak about cryptocurrency. Nipsey Hussle, me at 19 years old, listening to his music, was speaking about buying property, investing in your community, not buying jewelry and all kind of stuff. I mean, you can do that if that's what you want to do, but that's not, that shouldn't be your main focus. You know, if you want to stunt and, and be proud of what you've built, and buy a nice outfit and some nice jewelry, that's cool, but you should buy the property first. You should invest in yourself first. And he was preaching independence, you know, in a world full of people taking these record label deals for doing coonery and the Kodak Blacks and the Lil Yachty's and all these people just making a fool of themselves for money. He was a person saying, you don't have to be like that. You can be independent. You can be a stand-up person and you can speak with integrity and and do it on your own out of the trunk and still make, make money, you know? As a matter of fact... Uh, you know, Les is a musician mm-hmm. who is independent, and I gave, I told Les about basically Nipsey's uh, blueprint for he sold an album for a hundred dollars a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and what he put in it was you get a universal ticket. 
So you, you buy the album for $100, but it's not just about the $100. You're supporting the artist that you like. Mm-hmm. You get some cool merchandise, but inside you also get a ticket to any Nipsey Hussle show mm-hmm. any, in, the, in, the, in the country. Like if, if, I'm, if you're from L.A., but I'm doing a show in Boston, if you're in Boston and you have this ticket that, you, that came in your bundle, mm-hmm. you show the ticket at the door and you get in. I told Les about that a couple of months ago. Cause that's it's just idea. that's just how he was just different. He mm-hmm. he was thinking outside of the box as far as how to get money in this industry, and and, and he it's, it's it's a big loss, man. Yeah, you know. So uh, like like I said, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Prayers to his family and his loved ones. And um, this is gonna be one that's felt for a while. Cause when Mac died, it was sad. Cause he was a really positive, happy guy. Mm-hmm. But Nipsey was important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was he was really giving people gems. He was telling people how to build themselves up. He was really out here preaching betterment of self and 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 i'm sad that and he I, got gunned down and he got so, gunned down you know he got Mac, gunned mac miller situation was different not putting yeah no not, for sure absolutely but it, but it is different yeah because he was taken yeah mac mac was mac is gone but mac wasn't taken mm, yeah. by you know it doesn't yeah. feel as much as it doesn't feel like somebody was stolen with mac it just yeah. it's a tragedy but with nipsey this just, it's it, it wasn't meant for him no. he wasn't supposed to be there you know, no, he, that's he the was, crazy part about it. He was looking out for somebody. That's crazy. Somebody had just come home. And I know there's people that don't know who Nipsey also is. I don't mean to keep drowning on, but I just want to just make it clear who this person is. I don't want people to just have glanced by on the news and seeing rappers slaying out. Anybody that's listening to this might be one of those kind of people who didn't know who he was. So I want to make it clear. Far from that. that. Very far. This is a person who was at home. He had given his security the day, the rest of the day off because yep. they'd been busy. He got a phone call from a, a homie from his neighborhood saying, hey, man, I just came home. And he said, okay, well, look, I'm come by the store. I'm going to get you some of my merchandise. We get, get, you, get you looking fresh because, you know, you come home, you might have been in jail for 20 mm-hmm. years. Your outfit looks a little crazy. You know, yeah. it's a little dusty. You might got a FUBU or some yeah. Pele Pele jeans. Nipsey said, come through the store. I'm going to get you laced up, get you looking right. And in the moments of that, he went there, hung out. He was only supposed to be there for, you know, hour tops. And in the mix of all of that, trying to do something for somebody else, as he does has done constantly for his whole career, mm-hmm. he got gunned down by some dude who was trying to sell his music or whatever and ran and saw Nipsey and wanted to run up, hey man, you know, I rap, you know, I'm rapping, so you want to check out my music? And then the whole thing I said ensued about, you know, you're not supposed to be around here, you're a rat, and if you can prove you're not a rat, da 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 come dude, back. He was real, man. And it's like I I've preached this multiple times on this show. It's that one time. One time you deviate from the plan, oh my, you go off the schedule. Whether it's that for shit is scary, whether man. it's for you know you know recreational purposes, whether it's for something bad you were doing, something good you were doing. In this case, you go off that schedule one time, and it'd be that one you that one thing in your in your day that you weren't supposed to do, mm. and it's it, you know it, and it's it's that instance you know. So this was an absolute tragedy. Um, I really. I, I can't I can't speak enough on it because again like I said it just mm-hmm. is so tragic and I know I know so many people like Nipsey in in a world where it's a lot of clownery and people doing stuff for Instagram likes and all this kind of stuff it's not a lot of them but I know a lot of you know stand up dudes and to lose a stand up dude in a world like this how things are right now where you got people you know punching old ladies on trains and people yelling world star all around them instead of fucking the person up and you got people running in the fast food restaurants and jumping on the counter and acting just like clowns. You got a real stand-up, 100% cool dude. You know what I mean? Like, the coolest dude, not making any waves, doesn't want a bunch of attention. He just wants to make his money and live his life and preach nothing but positive gospel to people. And he was taken out, you know? 
So I hope, you know, there's a saying in hip hop, you know, you know, it's like, you know, the real ones don't die, they multiply. And I really hope that that's true. Because if we lost Nipsey and we get 20 more fucking Kodak Black, Kodak Black, you know, yeah, I mean, you get, you know, um, if we get 20 more of them and we lose Nipsey, I don't really know what, what the future holds for hip hop, the country, the black community. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff was affected by this loss, man. So, and it's not even, the worst part about it, and this is the last thing I'll say, really, is there's not even a lesson to be learned. You know what I mean? It's not, the, you uh, know, when the East Coast, West Coast beef, that fake bullshit happened, and L- L- Tupac died and Biggie died, it was like, you know, hey, guys, like, let's not, you know, it's not that serious, let's think. This was, there's no lesson here. Be a cool stand-up person and do right for your community, and you get killed by a hater. That's that's not a lesson. There's nothing to learn in this case. So it's not even let this be a lesson. You know, it's just a fucked up situation. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, let's try to move on and get to these good vibes and try to turn things da- around a little bit. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes, the, you know, the uh, segment in the podcast where we try to just shed some light on the world, some positive energy, and, and really uplift people's spirits a little bit. So, Fran, uh, you want to go first or you want me to start? start uh, you can start? go first. Okay, cool. So, uh, this week, some people might have heard about this story. Uh, it's a story out of Nevada. It's about uh, this single mom from Nevada who was in complete shock after her 13-year-old son gifted her a brand new car. Crystal Preston posted uh, the heartwarming story on her Facebook sharing that her son, William Rubio, surprised her with a fucking car. And this really touched me because as a product of a single parent home, uh, watching my mom bust her ass and, you know, uh, not being as appreciative of it as I am today. You know, because when you're living in it, you you don't really see the struggles as much. Mm-hmm. The 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 fact that you got the, that first week of brand new school clothes and all that kind of stuff. You're happy, but you don't appreciate the work that went into getting it, you know? Mm-hmm. And now looking back, I see how much work that takes, and I appreciate her to death for it. But um, as an adult, and you, you, see, you see stories like this about a kid being in the moment and recognizing how hard it is mm-hmm. and doing something about it. So I really respected and appreciated this story. So anyway, the mom said, I have no words right now that can express how I'm feeling at this moment. Uh, She wrote, the last couple of weeks have literally been hell, filled with so many tears, anger, confusion, and heartache. Today, I got the shock of my life. Uh, Preston said her son, who had been been busy mowing lawns and cleaning yards, turned into a money-making machine recently. That's why she didn't question the teen when he he said he he had a job to go do. When he came back home, Preston realized this was different, and... Also, just to, I don't I don't know if we have any uh, thirteen year olds listening to this podcast, but if there are, there's no better time than today to be that kid because mm-hmm. nobody's doing it. All the kids suck now. So oh, if yeah. you have a shovel and you shovel snowy driveways, mow lawns, take out people's trash, rake leaves, you can clean the hell up because it's no competition mm-hmm. for those little odds and ends jobs. Like, I mean, I wasn't one of those kids either. So I'm not going to sit here and try to preach like, you know, do like I did. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying if there's a business to be cornered today, it's physical labor that children are supposed to take care of because people's own children aren't taking care of it. I've done that, though. Shovel snow. Yeah. Make you clean up. Yeah. I have done that. Yeah. 
Because that's easier. Yeah. You know, so you might not have a lawnmower. No. But if you are able to get a lawnmower, especially, I think any parent, if you came to them and said, look, can you buy me a lawnmower? I want to start mowing lawns. That's buying them something that's going to pay for itself eventually. So I I think they would look out. Mm -hmm. But I I encourage any kids and any parents listening to try to push your kids to do that. Because if you sweat a little bit and you do $20 a lawn and you do five lawns in a day, Come on, man. I mean, you, you're talking about some serious money. Yeah. I was making $7 an hour working at the mall. Yeah. I remember thinking back when we were kids, when we were younger, we had a shit ton of free time. Yeah. Now I go back and look, we had a whole so much. lot it of free time. could have been filled doing something, you know? And independent work, because, I mean, you can't, not that I wanted to, but, you yeah. know, you can't work until you're like 15 and a half or yeah. 16 or whatever. So from 12, you got the you got the physical strength, because mm-hmm. girls and boys, you know, that you know that summer after like 6th, 7th grade, you grow a little bit, get a little height on you. Mm-hmm. You can push a lawnmower around. Yeah. So for the next four years, you aren't able to legally work, but you can go out and do something to make money. So I encourage everybody to go out and do that. Mow a lawn, shovel a driveway, rake some leaves. You got to have a different mindset, though. You got to. You got to. You really do. You got to <laughs> because you got to really. I think it's important to teach kids the concept of money yeah. and, and debt Most and definitely. struggle because if every, if kids think everything just I don't know the lights are just on and food's just in the fridge and clothes are just on your back if they understand the concept of no this costs money and you have to work for money mm-hmm. then they might be more inclined to go okay well instead of asking my mom for an Xbox game I know that costs money if I shovel two driveways I can make I can buy my own Xbox game well that's me. What you just what you just explained before for that? Yeah, that's me. Can now, I get twenty dollars? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That, that was that was me as well. That yeah. was me for sure. Like a hundred percent. I didn't understand the concept of money for like well no. until me being you know deep in high school. Maybe even it might even took longer than that. Yeah. You know, of really understanding like oh wow. Uh, when it hit, when I got a phone bill and I had to pay car insurance. Yes. <laughs> when you start getting responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's important for parents to give kids responsibility, even if they're fake responsibilities. Yep. You know? Just give the, so they can have the concept of it. Yep. And I think that you'll create a child who might go out and do what this kid's doing. Because this is incredible. I mean, yeah. to, 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 to see that your mom is struggling and doesn't have a car and go, I'm going to get her a car. Yeah. You know, because you could be sad for your mom. You could be, you know, be bummed out and hop on the bus with her when she has to take you somewhere or whatever. Or you can go... Oh, I'm gonna go on Craigslist, or I'm mm-hmm. gonna go on the Facebook app thing and see if people are selling cars for something I can maybe afford because I've been mowing these lawns. Mm-hmm. That's a different type of mentality. So let me just uh, go ahead and close this out. So, um, she said William came home and said, "Mom, I bought you a car." She said, "I, I of course, I laughed and told him, yeah, right." <laughs> uh, Rabio told his mom he was serious. Rabio, yes, R I R A B I L L O. So whenever mm-hmm. I see two L's, I do the yeah. But it might just be Rabillo. But Rabillo sounds doper. Yeah. So I'm going to do Rabillo. Rabillo told his mom he was serious. He really bought her a car. He told her they had to go see it with this lady. The few details coming out of her son made Preston skeptical. But when she walked outside, there was a woman in their front yard waiting to give them a ride. Hmm. Rabillo jumped in the woman's car and and his mom, still puzzled, followed along. Uh, She said, I'm still thinking this is a joke at this point. We pull up to this house and William says, Mom, that's your car. She said, I completely lost it. Adding that she started to cry. She said, I'm speechless that my 13-year-old son bought me a car. 13. Yeah. 
in an interview with KOLO TV, Rabio said the idea came about when he was scrolling through Facebook and found someone in his area who was selling a car. He reached out and offered to give them his Xbox and do some yard work in exchange for the car. The seller took him up on his offer. Uh, and here, I, and here, I thought it was a joke. His mom said, "Nope, I was handed the keys and the paperwork to the car, and I'm freaking out about it, but so in shock." The mother and son drove off together in the white 1999 Chevrolet Chevrolet Metro he bought her. So it's not, you know. It's a car to get her, you know, it's a, it's a car that even for a 13 year old is like, wow, you bought a car, you know, it's, it's, he didn't buy her a Lamborghini or anything like that, but he bought her a car to get her to work, to get her, take him to school or whatever. And it runs, you know, and he that's, did that for himself, but he did it for his mom. For sure. That's, I mean, I don't know if he would have bought a car at 13, but he could have bought <laughs> a whole bunch of shit. Me, you give me at 13, you give me 900, less, this car, I don't think it costs any more than $900, but you give me not, I, I racked up $900 or whatever. Well, any kind of money, yeah. it's always self first. You know, I think most kids are selfish, mm-hmm. you know, but if you, she clearly is raising a good kid, you know, because the fact that he, that was his thought, like, my mom needs a car. Let me go look and see if there's any cars yeah, available I didn't buy locally. No Jordans. No, exactly. He, he did, he did something completely selfless, man. I think, and that's, that's a he big He gave up account. his Xbox? Yeah. Damn. Gave up his Xbox on top of, I'll do some yard work for you. So that's extra, that's like, yeah. I give up my thing that yeah. I love and I'm gonna work for free, technically, because you're not you're not getting paid. You're paying off something. Yeah, mom, I love you. I I love my mom to death, man. <laughs> but at 13 years old, if you put 700 dollars in my pocket, the first thing I'm thinking, I'm at, what 13 Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah, Xbox, I'm buying an Xbox 360. I want all the games. Yeah, I don't know about mom, that. Matter of fact, not only that, mom, can you take me <laughs> to Toys R Us or whatever to get? In? I'm kind of busy right now. Come on, please. So now I'm not only am I yeah. buying it on myself, I'm asking you and being a nuisance about it. Yeah, you know so. That, that, that's incredibly selfless, man. Uh, the mom added that, I am so proud of my son. He is such a good kid. Uh, he may have his days, but oh my God, what a 13-year-old kid. What 13-year-old kid do you know that would buy his mom a car? William, I love you. I love you, son, and thank you. You have such a big heart, and I love you. So shout out to William Rubio. Shout, shout out. Shout man. out to his mom. I thought that was a beautiful story. And again, like I said, as a kid who grew up in a home, single parent, single mom, gave her hell bringing home animals I wasn't supposed to bring home skipping school sometimes and then she come home and like why are you still why are you still laying in bed what oh the alarm didn't go off I'm sorry my oh this is crazy is this you or is this just an example I'm just saying uh you know things that uh that kids do not me what animals you be bringing home I'm just what uh look I'm saying (laughs) you know things that kids do not me uh kids meaning you <clears throat> kids of all the universal you you know you no, me no everybody we all brought home a cat and no. mom said you can't bring a cat and Not then miles well you know stuff like that your version of that <laughs> you know we all have our things but you know instead of doing those things and he still does though because she let she met she let it be known like i mean look it's some days i'm i want to kill the kid he's, yeah. he's, he's 13 but he did this yeah and that's a that's a very selfless and mature kid so shout out to William and shout out to his mom and shout out to this amazing story that I heard that reminded me of what a not this kind of kid I was growing up. Again, I didn't I think my gift to my mom was I've never been in any kind of real trouble. Uh, I was never, you know, I, I don't have a, I didn't have a kid at 15, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I gave my mom my own little gifts, but it never was 
the physical gift of a car or paying a bill or anything like that. So shout out to this kid. Well, your mama, your mom could afford cars, so it's that's different. That's true. I mean, I, you know, we had our struggles, but there were no struggles that were so. Mom, and if they and if they were, this is what I give my mom hundred percent credit for. If they were, if there were struggles like that, you wouldn't my mom had home. the veil painted beautifully yeah. to where I never, it never hit me. Yeah, same the for me. Food was always on the yep. table. The lights were always on. All that kind of stuff. She might have been in her room crying or stressed out about mm-hmm. wh- how this, but it never touched me. Yeah, and I appreciate that more than anything. Yeah. So shout out to this kid and his mom. It was a beautiful story. That was my good vibe story this week. All right, so my good vibe story is about Brad Paisley. Okay, uh, country. Who's a country singer. Yeah. So earlier this week, country singer Brad Paisley broke ground on a site that will soon become a free grocery store for the hunger for the hungry. Wow. The nonprofit supermarket, which Paisley has simply dubbed the store, okay. is set to open up in Nashville, Tennessee, by the end of the year. Wow. The store is being run in collaboration with Paisley's alma mater, Belmont University. Visitors will be able to select their groceries and take them home after having their items scanned by volunteer staffers, which means that needy families will not have to pay a dime for their next meal. Wow. Paisley and his wife, Kimberly William Paisley, got the idea for the store after visiting a similar shop in California. Hunger and food insecurity is a real issue in Nashville. Um, William Paisley told reporters, at the construction site, one in seven people deal with food insecurity. That means they don't know where their next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse for kids, one in five children. For sure, yeah. Ah. Ah, um, for you not to know if you're going to eat tomorrow that's, I mean, that's, or that tonight. Is, that is, a, that is I mean, about as, as, as dark as it can yeah. get. Because, I mean... I'm, I, there'll, be, there'll be days where, you know, I forget to eat and you go, oh, man, I'm hungry. I'll just go to the fridge. Now, yeah. I, I'll go to to not be able to do that. And you didn't forget you're hungry. You're just hungry. Yeah, hungry. But there's no solution to it. I mean, and then you have a kid. Yeah. That is, I, I, I couldn't imagine looking my kid in the eyes and them tell me that they're hungry. And I, that's just nothing I could do about that. I woke know? up this morning hungry. I don't know why I was so hungry. But for, you, for us to have, that's what I said for, you know, sometimes we are ungrateful yes, because we can just for sure. get up and just go and do, do these things second nature. We don't even think about it. Yeah. And some people just, they don't have that. For sure. And I feel like we do take shit like that for granted. Absolutely. And we shouldn't. And we shouldn't. Exactly. Like, but um, again, like I woke up this morning super hungry. You just get up, go get some eat. I mean, my shit was growling. Yeah. She was hollering. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's you to feel that way and then you you can't get up to go to your refrigerator to eat something or imagine being on day three of that oh my goodness you know what I mean you haven't eaten in three days or you got you get so you get hungry enough to eat out of the trash it can get real dark I don't I want to keep it good vibes but it can because this is a beautiful story yeah. but hunger is 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 in that's that is if that is that can bring out real desperation in the person mm. you know yeah so um she also said, we really want to get people before this is a major crisis, she said. She added, we want to help We want to help people in this gap where they are trying to get back on their feet. Which, again, that's awesome that they, sure. they've taken their, you know, he's a musician, the famous musician. And he money. just, he's doing his thing for the people that don't have, you know, those options just to go get something to eat. That 100%. they can do it for free. Like, yeah. I just love, also I love, it's a, it's a um, church 
um, near my job that does, they give out free food like every like Wednesdays. Okay. And the line is super long and they sure. give out canned foods for family. I don't know if they, maybe some of them not homeless, mm-hmm. but you know, still. Homeless, still. struggling. Yeah, still. They still go and they give out free food like every Wednesday and I, I think that's awesome. That's really, I really beautiful. Think it's I always awesome. try, when I, if, you know, whenever I get a letter for a can drive or a clothes drive or whatever, if, if I have, if I have it to give, I definitely try to put something together or, yeah. you know get it some you know if i can i mm-hmm. i i implore everybody to you know do that if you if you can if you can i know there's people that can't we might be having some people that listen to our podcast that need it yeah but you know i'm a big i'm a big com- uh, proponent of community and p- picking up other people i like the notion the best part in there to me was you, you 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 might have a, a harder chance of helping somebody pick them up from gr- ground zero, mm-hmm. but somebody that's like you know halfway up the steps, mm-hmm. and you give them a hand and pull them up the rest of the steps, you got a good chance there. So people that are on the cusp of you know being broke or homeless mm-hmm. that just need a just need a lift, they just need a little bit of a boost. You them having having not having to worry about food gives them the ability to take the money that they need for food and put it somewhere else. Yeah. That maybe can get them in a better position, yeah. you know. And I, I think it's important to feed everybody. But I like the idea that the, in their mind, they their their big target is helping people get over that hump. Like, yeah. look, you know, you know, I got I have five kids. I work. I have to drive. It's a long commute, and mm-hmm. sometimes I don't have the gas money to get to work. Okay, well, here's you can come get food here. Mm-hmm. So now you can put gas in your tank and you can get to work more efficiently. Yeah. And that's one less thing you have to worry about paying bus fare or whatever you have to do to get. When you don't have the gas money, that's a, a stress taken away. Yeah. So I like the idea that I think yeah. that's a really beautiful. And I also, yeah. I also like that you know when people help other people need, there's people that are less fortunate and they do this good thing, and then they not just doing this good thing, but they also studying, you know, whatever they're doing. So yeah. whatever crisis they're trying to help and fix, they're also studying what's going on. Yeah, I, I love that. Not you, not just I'm gonna just give this home this home yeah. person five dollars, or just yeah, because that's that can be that's. That's throwing money at a problem <clears throat> at a problem that's greater than money. Yeah. So you, you actually, build the infrastructure exactly, exactly. And, and help you help way more people. Yep. And again, to you know, I don't mean to take it to a dark place, but that's what Nipsey Hussle was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was building the infrastructure to help people. So and it's crazy the 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 the, the juxtaposition of Brad Paisley, who I don't know his his life story, mm-hmm. but I would assume it wasn't the same struggle as Nipsey. I don't I'm not concerned about some hater killing Brad Paisley. But because of where Nipsey came from, the hump that you have to get over and then you make it, but you, you're surrounded by people who are on edge, mm-hmm. you know, like desperate. You're surrounded by desperation and and, 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 and and poverty and anger and hatred, you know, just because of their own situation. And then they find a target, a person who says, looked at them the wrong way, a person mm-hmm. that said the wrong thing. And no matter how bright their light was, it doesn't matter. I'm ang- This anger's got to go somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have that same fear for Brad Paisley, who's doing his own courageous and beautiful and and, 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 and generous thing. I'm not in the fear of Brad Paisley being outside of the store and somebody walking by and being, you know, you say the wrong thing to Brad Paisley, and he gets shot, you know. So I just think, you know, I, I don't know what the solution is to a lot of this inner city gang violence. Somebody's going to take that the wrong way. What? I, what? How you explain that? Somebody's not going to. That's fine. That's mean, fine. I don't, I don't. I don't. I do. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure I I, I don't really care yeah. uh, I really this that Nipsey oh Hussle what thing, they don't care yeah that Nipsey also <laughs> thing really hurt um my yeah. my soul it didn't sit on my spirit very well no. 
And uh, a lot of people in that neighborhood took that loss very hard. But it was somebody from his neighborhood that did that. At the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, I, you can take that how you... I don't know how I don't know how people would take... You know, people take things how they take it. I don't really know how to take he knew it this, wrong. He knew this person. He knew this person. That person grew up in his neighborhood. So as much as people are crying mm-hmm. for what happened to him, somebody from his neighborhood did that, man. So I don't... And, and a person who was trying to change the neighborhood into not that anymore. Bring the gangs together. Do this. Do that. Whatever. Give people opportunities. Uh, somebody from his community did that to him, you know? So... I, I just I, I want to make that point be known because I don't know what the solution is, but it really I, I understood that the argument I understood the argument that was happening and you should still do stuff out of the kindness of your heart. But it, you, you hear a story like this and it makes you go, well, shit, man. I mean, shit, I just should I just let it burn down, let leave, leave, let remove myself from it, mm-hmm. save me. You know, it, it, am I a coward or not real if I save choose my own life over all these other lives that need help but you know look at what happened man i don't really know you know and it, it is it's coming from a place of emotion and i might not be thinking straightly and i might sound different than i usually sound as far as compassion or whatever but this one this one really affected me man it really makes you go like i mean is it you know it, it's it's worth seeing it's it's worth seeing kids smile when they see you and when they you put the backpacks on them if you do a backpack drive mm-hmm. or what all that stuff is beautiful but is it worth the risk that you put yourself at being in that environment of it just takes one person yeah. to go, what do you think? You better than us? You giving us stuff? Fuck you. And then, you know, it could go that way at any point that could mm-hmm. happen to Nipsey, you know, and he, this was the day he didn't have his security with him. And then, you know, and now he's gone forever. Um, what I want to do though, is I'm going to take a break. I want to leave us off. I saw this beautiful clip, uh, J Cole, very underrated rapper. I know his jokes about him being like, his music puts people to sleep, and what I think he's changed that narrative over the last couple of years, putting out a little more it's active. My favorite artist, man. Yeah, put out a little more active, like up tempo music. But uh, on his project a couple of years ago, he had this song called "Love Yours," and he performed it uh, over the weekend, and he had a big uh, screen behind him, just mm-hmm. showing Nipsey Hustle clips. And the song is beautiful in its sense in itself, but um, when you take this loss into mind, the song's about loving your life. You know, no matter it's my, the person next door to you might have a big giant mansion. But, you know, if there's love in your house, it doesn't matter how big your house is. You got to your your life matters. It, 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 you don't need to spend your life looking at other people and being jealous of what they have. Appreciate what you have. So I want to uh, take us out to J. Cole. Love yours. When we come back, we're going to we're going to talk about some fucked up shit, even though we've been it's been I've been this. This fucked up shit has not been uh, making me feel the most positive. But and, and it's not supposed to. But we're going to get into what we what we do here. Typically, and fu- talk about some fucked up shit. So uh, we'll be back and stay tuned. Love yours Love yours No such thing No such thing as a life that's better than yours No such thing as a life that's better than yours Love yours No such thing as a life that's better than yours No such thing, no such thing Heart beating fast, let a nigga know that he alive Fake niggas, mad snakes, snakes in the grass Let a nigga know that he arrived Don't be sleeping on your level Cause it's beauty in the struggle, nigga It's beauty in the struggle, nigga Let me explain Yeah 
It's beauty in the struggle, ugliness in the success Hear my words and listen to my signal of distress I grew up in the city and know sometimes we had less Compared to some of my niggas down the block, man, we were blessed And life can't be no fairy tale, no once upon a time But I'd be goddamn if a nigga don't be trying So tell me mama please why you be drinking all the time Cause all the pain he brought you still linger in your mind Cause pain still lingers on mine On the road to riches, listen, this is what you find All right, and we are back. Folks, once again, uh, there is an active contest happening right now for the best, most informative, most concise. I don't I don't really know what the criteria is, but leave us a review on Apple, Apple uh, Podcasts. The most funny one, the most, uh, w- the, the best uh, review that really concises and, and, and explains what our podcast is in a funny way. A story, what I don't really know. Just leave us, leave us a review, and not just, hey, it's cool. Leave us a nice detailed review, and the best review, there will be three winners. Will win a serial killer T-shirt and a uh, sticker with our logo on it. The contest is active until April thirtieth, and then after that, it's over. So it might be over right now. If you're listening right now, and it's December two thousand nineteen, you missed it. Sorry, bud. Uh, but anyway, that is happening for the rest of the month. So, <laughs> so get on that and uh, keep them coming. Fran, the floor is yours. <clears throat> My third murder this week is Robert Yale Sh- Shulman. Ooh, Israeli. So, I think that's an Israeli last name. So Robert Yale Shulman was from Hicksville, New York. Um. So Shulman was obviously um, an American serial killer because if he wasn't, I wouldn't be doing this story. Sure. Um, so Shulman is a fellow, no, not a fellow. He was a postal worker oh. in Heightsville, New York. Oh, okay. On Long Island. And was convicted of murdering five prostitutes mm. between 1991 and 1996. Oh, okay. 1991, which is my birth year. Also, 1992, which is your birth year. Yeah, he was kept going. So he was a... He was rolling on that time. Yeah, ninety, but ninety-one and ninety-six—that's a little stressed out for five murders. Yeah, you know that's a little bit of a stretch out. I mean, hey, he's working for the post office. He didn't have Busy. that much time. Busy. You would know better than me. <laughs> you would know better than me. Rain, sleet. You know the oath. The yeah. Oath that you take. Yeah. With a sword on your shoulder. Yeah. And the postmaster general. Yeah. And a, he's a fur coat on, and he's blessing you yep. with the sword, and yep. you promise to do that mm-hmm. forever, right? Yep. Okay, as long as you work for the post office. Oh, I thought it like it's just an no, o- a life oath. Hell no. Oh, okay. No, oh, okay. No, no, cool. No. I thought so, like you know if you if you quit, but then a mail emerges. I need mail. Then you have to no <laughs> spring into action. No. No. no okay. That's cool. Not okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Glad yes. you cleared that up. Yeah. So again, um, he was a postal worker. So from ninety one to ninety six, he killed maybe one body a year yeah so on, a, on average <laughs> on, on average, average yeah one person uh, one person per year yeah so not, not a lot of time he wasn't yeah time. he was busy man yeah. I, look i didn't see you on some days where you you had a long day i understand yeah. you imagine adding in killing sex workers yes. in, in that too i mean you you wouldn't be able to just like do that frivolously no i understand no so showman was ultimately convicted of five murders uh lori <sighs> this is funny Louis, <laughs> Louis Vasquez, 
Oh, <laughs> we went over this, man. <laughs> that was that was good. That was good. That was good. That was better. Yeah, that was, that was better. Killed August nineteen ninety one. Oh, oh, that's your that's your month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. rough. Yeah. Uh, unidentified woman killed June nineteen ninety two. Body was dumped in Yonkers. Unidentified woman Jane Doe Metford. I mean, why would they? What? Jane Doe. Jane Medford. Doe Medford? Yeah. That doesn't make any So she was unidentified, but they gave her another last Jane name? Jane Doe Medford. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Hmm. They usually just I'm say sure Jane somebody Doe. knows. Yeah, they usually so, just, yeah, tell us, please, if you know the know. reason why people are getting Jane Doe and then a last name. Yeah. Please, I would love to, you know, I'd love to know why. Yep. Can Fine. I make a guess? Go ahead. Okay. You know how there's like hurricane mm-hmm. storms and then they have names? Mm-hmm. Well, those names are alphabetical. So maybe this Jane Doe, they had gotten so many Jane Doe's that this got to M, you know, and so they Jane Doe Medford. So maybe there's a Jane Doe, what comes before M? Shit, uh, L-M. Jane Doe, uh, you know, Landry, Jane Doe Kennedy. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my guess. That's my guess. I don't know, though. Yeah, I think I know why. Um, Jane Doe Medford found uh, December 7, 1994 in Medford. Yeah, nah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. Scratch everything I just said. No, that's definitely it. Yeah, you don't think anything. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, see, sometimes it helps to just read the next sentence, and that clears it right up. Yeah, no. Yeah, Jane Doe Medford, because she was found in, in Medford. Medford. Yeah. yeah, got it. All right, yeah, that's, that's all clear now. That was funny. <laughs> uh, so she was beaten and dismembered. Oh wow. Um, okay, yeah. Lisa Ann Warner. Lisa Ann Warner found April 6, nineteen ninety-five, in Brooklyn, New York. Beaten and dismembered. Jesus Christ. Um, Kelly Sue Bunting, a.k.a. Melanie, uh, last seen December 8th, 1995, found in Brooklyn, hands amputated and wrapped and found wrapped in a sleeping bag. Oh, God. So looking for the murder site, a detective canvassing hotels heard about a man driving a blue Cadillac who cruised the area. Trying to track the man, trying to track the man down with this information, women were located who led them not to a hotel, but to a residence where a blue Cadillac was seen. Mm. The registration was obtained, and the car was registered to Showman's brother, trying to get information about the sleeping bag in which Bunting was found. Detectives learned Sears was the only manufacturer. R.I.P. Sears. They go, they go. I love when they do that. They just go deep. Yeah. Get the fucking uh, get the serial number yep. off of a sleeping bag or whatever. Trace the the receipt. Yeah. Um. So Sears was contacted. To see if the brother had purchased one with a credit card. Mm. Sears said the brother had no credit card, but pointed out that Showman had a card. This this was how the police were initially pointed towards Showman as a possible culprit. Women later identified him as the man cruising in the Cadillac. Uh, the Cadaver dogs... Cadaver. Cadaver dogs signaled... Signal the possibility of dead remains having been present in the Cadillac. Mm. Police searched Showman's work place and found trace evidence matching that found on the body. Showman was arrested April 6, 1996. After interrogation, Showman confessed to the three murders. Showman confessed to the earliest two murders at a later date. A search of his room revealed hundreds of blood stains scattered over almost every surface. Mm. How do people live in that kind of stuff? Whenever we we've done so many stories where you always see, you know, the 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 story is like 
and the police walked into a bloodbath. And it's like, you were living in there? Oh, I th- Blood has a smell, man. What I thought was, he cleaned it up, but... When they still go in there with that fucking they, the they cadaver the, dogs, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna sniff it out. Yeah, but that's the thing, like, and I could be wrong. Don't they, don't they use a the little light for blood, or is that just for semen? No, that's for blood too. Oh, okay. It's for any kind of. That's bodily, what I mean. They still yeah. they clean it up, but they don't. They just get a rag and just. Yeah, that's true. And they but go like, down that uh, light, and then it's all over the fucking place. It lights up like a Christmas yeah. tree. But like in the Casey Casey Anthony story, I could be wrong. Like I don't think they used cadaver dogs on her on her car, and her mom in the tape when she called the police was like, it, "The car smells like bleach." But I don't think they ever, you know what I mean? So maybe she did a better job. And I could be wrong. They might have used cadaver dogs and the dogs barked, but her story just was that good. But uh, I don't think they used cadaver dogs in that story. But those cadaver dogs, that's what they do, man. But even still, just the fact, I we've done so many stories where it's like, the one you did about that guy, Marty, with the multiple personalities, mm-hmm. like a body in between his bed bed frame and his mattress. Yeah. like He slept that, on that. That's, that's bananas, man. That is bananas that you could live in that kind of... M- morbid filth. Yeah. Oh, just take a nap. Yeah, you like kick a hand while you you know you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. That's that is that's, that's a different level level yeah. of mental sickness, man. You can just take a uh, a snooze. Yeah, dead body. Yeah, that's nuts. Mm. I don't even like whenever I hear people describe the the smell of a dead body, I never wanna. No. Yeah. I mean, when you see movies and they go in, there, yeah. I mean, I never like, want to even is know. Is it that bad? If, oh, it's gotta be. <sighs> I never want to know. So imagine living in that every mm. day, every day. You wake up and you go close your door, and make sure it's locked so Get you can't used come to it. your house. I guess. Get used to it. It's, incre- it's insane. That Anthony Sowell story, the Cleveland Strangler. Mm-hmm. The whole neighborhood stunk. <laughs> the whole block stunk, and they were like, "Oh, I think the deep freezer at the corner store broke. So get him out of here." It was bodies. The whole neighborhood smelled bad. It was that. It was that morbid. He lived in it. Mm. Maybe he had a mask. His nose was too small to have a mask. I don't know if you ever saw. He did Anthony like a mouse. Yeah, he looked very much like he a liked mouse. Kobe Bryant. Didn't yeah, he, he looked didn't like he that. Yeah, he looked like he looked. Like, I mean, a rough, a rough. Never made it. Never, <laughs> never played basketball. A very rough Kobe Bryant, and also uh, um, maybe uh, Stuart Little. You know, yeah, combination. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Shulman was sentenced to death in 1999. For the only murder he committed after New York State reinstated the death penalty in 1995. He was sentenced to life imprisonment for his other murders because New York's death penalty law was not in effect at the time he committed them. Mm. His sentence was reduced to life in prison after the New York State Court of Appeals invalidated the death penalty in in, in 2004. Mm. So he died April 13, 2006 in Albany, New York of a discontent. of undisclosed causes. I don't know mm. why wouldn't they tell us. Come on. Yeah, man. undisclosed. Uh, so Showman's brother Barry was indicted on charges of hindering prosecution and unlawfully disposing of dead bodies. So they got oh, his ass wow. too. He's trying to help out. Yep. So we're going to take both of y'all yeah. and throw y'all into the jail. How much love do you have for your closest member of your family? I w- what would, you, would you Would you do that? What? Like, Always think the bodies? About, yeah. Help them chop up a body dispose of a body hinder an investigation um, and again this comes into play with you because it's like you have a family I think, I, I, think I will for my brother I think I would because he would do the same my brother would kill for me so I probably would I get that I get that for sure I get that 
when I, I was to think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, bro, you're going to give me a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have a couple of days. I need it now. This body, yeah, this body can't wait a couple of days. Ah, yeah, damn. That's, that's, that's All what right, I'm man. Meet yeah. me at 7-Eleven. <laughs> what are you going to get from 7-Eleven? Uh, uh, <laughs> I got to get a Slurpee okay. before, I, before, I, before I cut a body. I got to get some Slurpee. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one for me whenever I think about that because I'm, I'm so on the side of like, uh, I, I, I definitely ride for the people I care about. But to an extent, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I for Steph, like I petty, would petty stuff, petty stuff, absolutely. You know what I mean? But if Sierra came in here tomorrow and was like, "Hey, uh, I shot a dude," and it wasn't like he attacked me or anything mm-hmm. like that, like he, like, let's see, he disrespected my name. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Sierra comes in total, on some crazy energy. Shock. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he disrespected me. You know, he said I wasn't real. I'm like, whoa. First of all, what? Where is who, this? Who are you? From? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't play that shit, cuz. He's like, whoa. Uh, uh, listen. Um, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, I need you to take a ride when we're gonna drop the body off in the ocean. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know. What I mean? think you like, would, cause she's no longer your girlfriend. She's your fiance. Well, let's 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 just say I, let's just say I will. But we'll <laughs> I think leave, let the hev- well, I'll leave the hesitation in my voice in in the in the cut. I won't cut this. Part I don't out. think so, man. No hesitation. You think you think the instincts just kick in when you love somebody? I that think much. you. I think you would, man. Okay. All right. Well, I guess his brother still did wrong, but I, I mean, I guess you can't fault. What if somebody. Bella come in here barking like? I killed the cat. Oh, you, uh, you, did you do some, did you do some mushrooms before you came in? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> if Bella came in here barking and I understood that she had killed the cat. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm chucking myself into, I'm thinking I must've killed the cat. I'm, I'm, I'm disturbed. I must have schizophrenia and I'm, I, I, the dog is telling me something. Yeah. And no, that's a whole different conversation, man. I don't even need to get into that. Uh, is, that is that the end of your permanent murder? Yeah. Let's move on, man, because that was weird. Now you got me. I'm I'm in a different space now. I'm going places. I'm like, am I am I here? And now that was a real that was an out there question. Yeah, man. man I threw you off. Yeah, I, saw I, you I was like, what? The dog the dog barked and told me she killed the cat. Uh, no, no, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. It's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Uh, as I've stated, you know, it's agnosium at this point. I've been talking about it for a lot of the episode. But again, I was really affected by the murder of Nipsey Hussle. And it kind of affected the kind of story I wanted to tell for my affirmative murder this week. Uh, I, regardless of the depth of the complications of why that person did what he did to Nipsey Hussle, I believe at the core of it, it was jealousy. So I picked an affirmative murder this week that kind of encapsulates the extent and the, the depths that jealousy can take a person to and what people who have darkness and jealousy and hatred in their heart are capable of. So my affirmative murder this week uh, is about that. High school teenager Rachel Rachel Coloradus kept a photo of her friend Christine Powell. There's some hard uh, last names in this. Forgive me. Uh, Christine Powell Lila in her purse. On the back, Christine had written, damn. We've had some good, we've had some crazy memories. I love you. Together with another friend named Tiffany Rowell, Rachel had taken Christine under her wing when she joined their school. On top of being an awkward, shy girl, Christine also had alopecia. For those of you who don't know, alopecia is your hair just falls out. Eyebrows. Oh, I thought this was somebody's name. Oh, alopecia? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an alopecia walking around. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, with I also, also, she hung with alopecia. I was like, what? yeah, no, what? no, no, yeah, no. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I hope there's nobody named alopecia out there, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think it is. There's a Cleophis. There's an alopecia. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. There's, there's a Shathid, you know, which if you spell there's it. There's a Sharkisha. There's a Sharkisha. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was an alopecia. Uh, but no, alopecia is a disease. I always feel weird saying that word because I'm not sure. I believe if it makes your hair fall out, I would assume, and you you like contract. I don't think you contract it, but I think it just kind of develops in you, uh, and mm. all your hair falls out. Everything, hair everywhere, knuckles, eyebrows, head, everything. Knuckles. Hair, hairless. You're hairless. You you like you develop your your hair follicles like cease to work, so mm. you can't grow hair anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. But imagine so imagine being so seven. your hair just falls out falls out and then it so never you just grows don't back. keep it just don't stop growing it just does no it just stop, it, it falls out and stops growing that sucks for, for sure I would, now, imagine I being would, seven i would rather i would rather i would rather what are you uh <laughs> uh the was wabbits uh <laughs> elmer fudd uh, i would rather uh you know i keep what i got and it just doesn't grow. It doesn't grow anymore. Well, I mean, I'm sure everybody that has alopecia would rather <laughs> would rather <laughs> tell me what you would how you would dictate the disease. That's, <laughs> the disease does what it wants. It takes your hair and then you never get it back. Uh, so, um, so she had alopecia and she was sporting uh, unconvincing wigs and poorly drawn on eyebrows, and she was bullied mercilessly for it. So Rachel and Tiffany were in the year above her. And decided they wanted to give her a makeover that would help with her confidence. Yeah. The transformation was striking. Mm. And in 2003, Christine was voted Miss Irresistible by classmates, Whoa. which I think is a weird superlative. Like, my school didn't do superlatives as far as I know. I mean, I'm not saying I would have won any, but I don't think my yearbook had, like, most likely to succeed and most funny and all this kind of stuff. But most irresistible is really weird to say about, like, a 17-year-old girl. That's, yeah. that's That's weird, you know? Like, best eyes or something like that, maybe, but... Did yes. I have that in high school? We had that in high school. I'd have to look at my my yearbook again, but if I if it had it, I I didn't vote. I don't remember voting for that. Like I feel I I missed that vote. I remember, I remember Superlatives that. are really weird. I don't think you should do them anymore because it really makes people feel bad about themselves. I got voted for one when I was in eleventh grade. What was it? Best dress. Yeah, you were you 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 were a fashion killer. At, yeah, yeah, at, at a point, you know. Uh, so yeah, I I get that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh. Yeah, I'm not one of those like participation trophies people where it's like, yeah, you know, everybody should get one just for trying. I'm not one of those people at all, no. but like singling people out like this person's eyes are better than your eyes will ever be. <laughs> this person is mo- the most irresistible girl in this school. And it's like there's other girls that that's like, a bit much. Yeah, that's that's a very that, irresistible. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. That's a wild thing to say about somebody, you know? That's that's a lot of connotation. Somebody that's irresistible is like Everybody wants to sleep with them. Yeah. Date them. It's, 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 I so, mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, 17 is a weird, that's a weird superlative to put on a 17-year-old girl. But. Did they do that just because she had alopecia? Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe it was like a, you know, uh, uh, being extra nice and they just went too far. It's like, yeah. she's so pretty. Even though she has alopecia, let's really make her feel super good about herself. It might have been that, but I don't know. I need to look up that term. I want to know where that name comes from. I, alopecia? I, I really need to know. Yeah. Like, well. No, I was gonna try to break it down, and I don't. I know. I was like, aloe is like a plant lotion. Pisha is from the root word p, which means pre. I, 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 don't I know. thought that's what you was going. No, with. no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I could have. I could have bullshitted, and I would have got you, but you then I would have got yeah. roasted on the Facebook group. Yeah. So I'm like, are you stupid? That's not what it means. <laughs> so I just went ahead and, and not did that. Um, 
After graduating that summer in 2003, Rachel and Tiffany, both 18 now, moved in together. Hmm. Meanwhile, Christine spent most of her time with her boyfriend, 20-year-old Chris Snyder, 21-year-old Chris Snyder. He was older, abusive, and Rachel and Tiffany both warned Christine that she could do better. I mean, she was Miss Irresistible or most irresistible. So, you know, they were like, listen, queen, believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. She was like, no, I love him. You know, I'm not, I'm not, man. People's relationships, their business. But in this case, this was in, she was in an abusive relationship. Uh, yeah. Uh, then on July 18th of that same year, Rachel's and Tiffany's bodies were discovered in a blood-soaked living room, Ooh. along with those of Tiffany's boyfriend, Marcus Ray Priscilla, age 19, and his cousin, now, Alopecia. You thought that was rough, right? Mm -hmm. The other victim, rest in peace to him, his name was Adelbert Nicholas Sanchez. A D E L oh, Bert. I thought you said anal Bert. No, anal Bert. Yeah. Anal burn? No. Uh, <laughs> Adelbert. Yeah, that's a rough one. Adelbert. I'm sure he went by Bert. Or Nicholas was his middle name. So who killed him? Uh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. <clears throat> but wait, was he abusive because she was a miss? Miss Irresistible or something? I don't know. I, I, I don't know why he did what he did. I, mm. That I, that I can tell you. I'll get to the rest of the story, but I can't tell you why he was putting his hands on her. I don't. That doesn't. I never. I didn't figure that one out. She's irresistible. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you. That's the thing about it's it's a certain kind of mental sickness. It's like a dude who has a girlfriend that he they might he might think she's he's not worthy, mm -hmm. so he covets. But people who covet sometimes. They covet, but they also try to bring you down so that you don't leave. Yeah. So they think you're the most beautiful person in the world, but they tell you you're not shit mm -hmm. because they want you to think that they you can't do any better than them. Yeah. And that's their way of trying to keep you around. Yep. And that's a part of the psychology of d abuse. And it, that's a whole... I'm not an expert in that, but I know that is one of the characteristics of a person who is abusive is they, they want to... They don't tell you you look beautiful. They, you know, they don't tell you you're smart. They want you to feel as low as possible because they want you to believe that you're, you're the best they can do so you stay and you could be the most magnificent person in the world you could be most uh irresistible but if yeah. they break your spirit you aren't going to believe you can do much better than them yeah so you know but i again i can't tell you why he did, i don't know that just the end of this won't end with like and he did it because he was jealous of her i don't have that in the answer to that one mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, all four of the victims had been shot multiple times. Rachel's head was bashed in, mm. and both she and Tiffany had been shot in the crotch, suggesting what? sexual jealousy. There were no strong leads, but as Tiffany's boyfriend Marcus dealt ecstasy and cocaine, mm. police suspe suspected the murders were drug related. Three years passed before an anonymous tip, uh, anonymous tip off led to the killer being identified as Christine Paolila. But just 17 at the time, why did she kill those she once claimed to love? Born in March 1986 in Long Island, New York, Christine Paolila had a tough start. It's a New York theme episode. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, when she was two years old, her father was killed in a construction accident. Mm. Three years later, she was diagnosed with alopecia. So she got diagnosed when she was five. Okay. So she might have. I don't know that. I don't. I don't have alopecia. I don't know. People, but I would imagine she probably up until that point had really thin hair. Maybe didn't have like the fullest head of hair, and it never was growing great. Yeah. And then eventually it just either fell out or maybe they cut it all off because it looked really bad, mm. and decided to go with wigs. Mm. But at five, she was officially diagnosed with alopecia. 
Meanwhile, her grieving mother had turned to drugs, so Christine went to live with her grandparents. Later down the line, the the Paulila family moved to Clear Lake, Texas, where Christine's transformation took place. But it seemed Christine still suffered with low self-esteem. Her boyfriend was into hard drugs, but Christine craved his attention. Her mom later told the press that Chris Snyder had scared her and that she tried to keep away from him she had tried to keep Christine away from him and even attempted to get a restraining order on him. But this is all after the fact, you know, so I don't. People talk a lot different to the press than how the situation might have actually been. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying her mom didn't do that, but it's easy to just say, like, I tried to do this, but I, you know, they didn't. Be- the police didn't believe me. I, we can't prove that you tried. You can't prove that you tried to get a restraining order on somebody. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh. After developing a destructive relationship with Snyder, Christine displayed crushing jealousy if he looked at another girl. So this was like a match made in hell because he was abusive to her. But then she got aggressive and and, and had jealous tendencies. And Mm -hmm. so they both fed the worst in each other. Hey, if you won't give it out, you got to be able to take it. I feel. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) If he's if he's down in her, Uh you know, saying, you know, you can't do better. But then. He's looking at other women. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I got what you're saying. But, but I thought you were saying like he hit her, so she nobody no, should be hitting anybody. No, no. <laughs> you like, no. That's the wrong message. No. You're saying yeah. if if he's shooting her down. Yeah. If he's getting shot back down. Yeah. It's understood. You can't shoot her down, and then you over looking at other women. Yeah. Come on for now. Sure, for sure. It's not fair. Sure. Yes, that's not right at all. Uh. Uh, and she'd ordered him to have rough sex with her, reportedly wanting him to punish her. Okay. Snyder's family revealed he once confided in them that the only two things in his life that scared him were the police and Christine. Yep. Losing her, I'm guessing. No. Oh, just scared? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and come July 18, 2003, no one connected the horrific murders to a teenage girl. Her mom reported that at the time, Christine had been disp- had been deeply disturbed by the deaths. She cried most of the nights. She added, uh, she said, adding that Christine had been too upset to attend the girls' funerals. And these these were the girls that were her best friends in high right. school. Completely changed the way she thought about herself. Got her popular because they were the popular girls in school, and were like, "Hey, everybody's making fun of this little bald girl. Hey, you want to hang out with us? Hey, let's get these. Your eyebrows are not on fleek at all. Let's wipe." <laughs> Lick their fingers, wipe those off, and get you some, draw you some better eyebrows on, get you a better wig. And then she went on to become most irresistible. Mm-hmm. And she killed those people. Wow. So, um, uh, um, yeah, she cried most of the nights, believing that, uh, yeah. So, uh, believing that they'd got away with murder, Snyder and Christine eventually split. After being caught shoplifting, heroin addict Christine was ordered to go into a rehab. There, she met and married another heroin addict. Then, in 2005, Christine saw a TV report about her best friends, unsolved murders. And I put best friends in quotes because they weren't her best friends if yeah. she did this to them. Uh, in a panic, she confessed everything to her new husband, insisting it had been Snyder's idea to steal drugs from Marcus's house. And Snyder had apparently surprised her by handing her a gun just before entering. So she threw it all on Snyder to her husband. You know, the... So basically, 
um, from what I read, she saw a report on TV about her two friends. Mm-hmm. You know, years later, I guess the wave of emotion hit her and she confessed everything to her husband. But she said it like, Chris made me. My ex-boyfriend made me do it. That's like if... I mean, you kind of seen that coming though, right? Like That if, that would be her excuse? No, that them being together when this happened, then they split. It's like, now it's like, who going to tell first? Yeah, for sure, because they don't have the uh, they don't have the other one there to keep them in account right. and be like, hey man, we're dying with this. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like they're gonna hold that in, but then it's like, well, who's gonna somebody's gonna team? break? And, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're a complete heartless person, and I, I couldn't see two people being that heartless. Whereas, like, especially if it was one idea more than the other. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. But apparently, according to her, it was all Chris's idea, and he put the gun in her hand. Now here, this is the Chris, the craziest part. So, um. So they surprised uh, their her her best friends, quote unquote, went into the house, and right before they went in the house, Chris handed Christine a gun. Uh, and once inside, he shot Marcus. Then Christine claimed the gun that she was carrying just went off on its own. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that's just how guns work. Hmm. Uh, after she lost control of it and fired blindly around the room, so it didn't just go off once; it just went off a bunch of times. I didn't even see, you know, so Chris is me, my, uh, I'm, you, you want to be, uh, her new heroin addict boyfriend. Is this the new one? The new one yes, she new, met? I'm telling a... you, I'll be Christine. Okay. So then he made me, he made me go to Rachel's house and then I, he handed me a gun. And when we went in the house, the gun just started shooting and then it shot. And so I closed my eyes cause I was scared and I didn't drop the gun because I thought that would make it worse. But the gun just kept shooting and then it shot up and it shot left and it shot right and it shot down. And I just didn't know what was happening. Did you hit anybody? Did it hit? I don't know. I just, my eyes were closed. But then when I opened up my eyes, everybody in the room was dead. So you, I think it was Chris. Did you pull the trigger? No, no, no. The trigger magnet. I had a magnet ring on. And I think that it was my pinky finger that had the magnet on it. So that's behind the trigger. So I think the magnet pulled the trigger through magnetism. Are you familiar? <laughs> no. Through magnetism. Uh-huh. It pulled the trigger back through magnetism and just held the trigger back. Now, I love you, but I don't think that's how guns work. But why? <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, believe me. So, uh... So, um, yeah, so she said Magnetism. The, the gun just shot around on its own through no fault of her own. She, blindly, she was not even looking where the gun was going. It hit both of them in, uh, in the crotch. In the crotch. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, so apparently she had seemed to have a moment, of clar- a moment of clarity because after leaving the crime scene, she told Snyder she'd go back inside to make sure they were all dead. And this is what she told her husband. This is the part she told her husband, too. So she said she went. I went back in to make sure everybody was dead. Back inside, she'd seen her friend Rachel crawling across the floor, trying to dial nine one one on her mobile phone, and gagging on her own blood. Around three twenty five p.m., Christine had brutally pistol whipped the back of Rachel's head, mm. caving in her skull before uh, being driven away to work by Snyder. She went to work after that. Uh, hearing her confession, Christine's husband was shocked. But he went on the run with his mysterious wife to the La Quinta Inn in San Antonio, Texas. The the pair spent several some uh, several uh, sorry the pair spent seven slummy months hiding out and doing drugs. Then approaching the third anniversary of the vicious crime in July 2006, Houston police received an anonymous tip from another man who'd seen who'd met Christine at rehab, and who said. 
she claimed responsibility for what had been dubbed the Clear Lake Massacre. Mm. So she was just gabbing her mouth off at this rehab. Uh, but I think maybe that's when, when drugs wear off, you get some, you know, you get clear a little bit mm-hmm. and you, you, you get repentive about some things you've done. And maybe she was confiding in other addicts at the rehab and she told the right one. I was gonna say the wrong one, but no, he was the right one. Cause he did yeah. the right thing. Uh, Christine Palolila was arrested at the hotel on July 19th, 2006. Meanwhile, as officers closed in on Snyder, he fled to the woods where he was found dead of an overdose. Wow. So he just went in the woods and just shot up mm-hmm. went to sleep uh so that left everything on her plate you know so uh but i'm surprised so just spoiler alert i'm gonna finish the story but she doesn't get off but i'm surprised with a uh, the man who you could now pin everything on dead to not be able to defend himself i'm surprised she didn't get off but um and that I was ex- her that was her new husband right no, no, no. This was Chris Snyder, the, the abusive boyfriend. Oh, He shit. went off in the woods. Because oh, he was okay. a heroin addict, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he went off in the woods. Once the you know once they arrested her, they knew they knew he, he knew they were coming for him next. Oh, he knew so, what he was doing. So he went off in the woods and OD'd yeah. on purpose. Let me get a little bit of extra this. Yeah. Just... I mean, if you're a heroin addict, again, I feel like we speak on heroin <laughs> too much on here. Not we, mostly me. And I say it like how amazing it must be. Mm-hmm. If you're a heroin addict, I can't think of a better way of going than like you're, the police are coming for you and you just fucking shoot everything into you and mm. die that's probably i mean that's poetic to him he probably thought that was beautiful he's in the woods and this is no better way to go i'm not going to jail so he that's how he that's how he decided to go yeah i go on my own terms yeah exactly um, um yeah uh so so she was charged with four counts of capital murder paulila fa- uh finally faced trial in july 2007 her lawyer urged the jury to acquit Paulila, saying she was influenced by bad guys who became her boyfriends. Sure. Yep. I mean, listen, as a lawyer, he's playing it the right way. I, I, I not tip my hat off to him because I, she's guilty. So, <laughs> but he's he's it's a good angle to take to try to get her off. Mm-hmm. Just put the blame on somebody else. Yeah. Uh, she was a lost, sad little girl alone in the world. Her lawyer told jurors. And this might be true. You know, she had alopecia from a young age. Her father died. Her mother was. This is all true. She also caved in the skull of somebody who tried to help her mm-hmm. and did help her and tried to help her feel good about herself and make her feel like she was beautiful. Sad. And she uh, bashed her brains in with a fucking gun that she says just kind of. They helped her become Miss Irresistible. Yeah. So, you know, this is what you get when you help people. Unbelievable. And I don't mean that. I, I'm still feeling a way. You should help people, but I'm just, it's just the mood I'm in for probably the rest of the month. Uh, so, yeah, so the, he told the jurors she was a lost, sad little girl. And da, 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 da. Throughout the trial, Paulila never fully confessed to her part in the killings, blaming most of her actions on Snyder. But thanks to Paulila's husband's testimony recounting her grisly confession in October 2008, Christine, who by then was 22 years old, was convicted of four counts of capital murder. Mm. Because she was a juvenile at the time of the killings, Paulila avoided the death penalty and was sentenced to 40 years to life in prison. She'll be eligible for parole in 2046. Ultimately, though, only Paulila knows why she did what she did. And she continues to exhibit no interest in apologizing or explaining why she killed her two best friends. And that was my affirmative murder this week. So basically, I hope um, she doesn't have a wig while she's in there. 
I don't know. That might be that might be contraband. You know, they might not let you have a way. You just got to be in there. You know, sheened up. Good with, with the globe out. Good. She don't get to be Miss Irresistible. No, 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 no. I hope not. I hope she is as ugly as her soul. You know, yep. it's like you know, it's been a couple years now. I hope the wrinkles will start to set in. She's looking, you know, for twenty. She's probably you know pushing forty at this point. Um, but yeah, uh, a, a sentiment that I expressed um, earlier this week with some people when I was talking about what happened to Nipsey is, you know, um, sometimes the the snakes that bite you are the ones that you feed. You know what I mean? Like. There's always snakes in the grass and, you know, you always got, you got to watch out for snakes, people that hate on you and all this kind of stuff, but it's always the worst when it's the ones that you thought you had under control, the ones you thought you were close with, the ones that you feed on a day-to-day basis. Those are the worst snakes. Mm-hmm. In this in this case, she was a snake. The person that got Nipsey was a snake. Um, uh, those two young ladies thought that they had a great friend. Um, the girl, Rachel, kept a photo of Christina in her wallet. You know how you know how girls, my bestie. Mm-hmm. She was that to the, these two girls, and she set them up to get murdered, and then finished the job. Not only murdered, but then went in and finished the job off. Mm-hmm. So uh, Christine Paulila is a terrible person, and I have no sympathy for her. Even though her life was hard in the beginning, you can't do that to people, especially not people that like care about you. So that was my affirmative murder this week, and I think that's it. Um, Ta. That was a good. That Ta. Was a good no sir. What? You week this week. Yep. <sighs> Cue the music. Oh, don't for, don't don't tell what? Me. <laughs> don't tell me to cue the music, okay? I'll play the music. No. Cue the music. And now it's time for True Crime's hottest game show. Brazzle. Alvin. Frazzle friend, frazzle friend, solves a riddle like no one can. If he fails, that's okay. He's a superstar either way. Look out, it's time to frazzle friend. Welcome everybody to Frazzle Friend Remix. Well, I get the chance to addle and abash Alvin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, well played, man. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> All right. Which three letters can be arranged to describe a dirty substance, a dirty animal, and an activity that can lead to dirty hands? Three letters? Yeah. Which three? So there's, this is different. There's no hints or anything on that. No. Oh, that's a different one. That's a different... Oh, you got a different container. Okay. Oh, this is not the same one? No, that's fine. That's oh, fine. Okay. Do one more time. Okay. Which three letters can be arranged to describe a dirty substance, a dirty animal, and an activity that can be... That can lead to dirty hands? Letters can be arranged. Which three letters can be arranged to describe a dirty substance, a dirty animal, and an activity that can lead to dirty hands? Mud. Okay, hold on. Okay. Okay. 
No, I was, that's not finalized. I'm going to say finalized. Okay. Which three letters can be arranged? And there's no hints on these ones. That's just the question. That's just the question. Just the question. Okay. And dirty hands don't mean, don't just mean like, just dirt. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I got you, I got you, I got you. I got you. It's a dirty animal. A dirty animal? Yeah. A pig? No? I'm gonna give you dirty. It's a dirty animal. You said a pig, so you got two more. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right, that, hint, that was a good hint. Okay. Um... A dog. Okay, I just got one more. Okay. A. Do 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 do. Hmm. This is not fun. <laughs> I don't like doing this. Uh. <laughs> uh okay. Dirty seven. Um. Mm. Just. All right. What if I give you the? I'll give you the three letters. Sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, so this would be this would be the clues. So the the three letters are T, A, and R. Oh yeah, yeah, you gave it to me. That's a rat. Yep, that's a rat. I I, I didn't do the. You good didn't on finish. That. Oh, that's not it. No. Oh, okay. So those letters can be. I don't understand what what is the what is like. What am I trying to? So am I trying to tell so you? So you got the, the, the dirty animal. Letter. I got the dirty animal. What is the substance? And what is the what? Oh, okay. The oh, okay. I see. I didn't understand what you wanted from me. I, oh. I thought I was looking to give you one thing. Yep. Okay. So a dirty substance that would be tar. Uh, yep. A dirty animal that would be a rat. Yep. And then lead to dirty hands that would be art because yep. you paint got and it. you do all these kinds of things yep. like that. Okay. Yeah. No, that phrasing was weird. <laughs> I think we. <laughs> I want to throw that ten away because that's all. Actually, no. That was that was that was different. They don't have to be murder related. No. But yeah, you gave me you 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 gave me a hard one, and you kind of you, you gave me some clues that weren't there. Yeah. Um. So I I take I just take fifty percent for you know I just picked I didn't even was gonna sit there and try to fucking read one and like yeah uh, pick a, yeah pick, I just yeah, close no, my eyes grab shuffle one. them grab one yeah okay well I, I I'll take a fifty percent and he on got that. it I'll take a fifty percent on that you helped me out a bit mm-hmm. but um I understand listen that's the thing though it's frazzle Fran. I don't like doing it. I don't like doing it. You come out with your new words and yeah. That we're not changing what it is. It's staying frazzle Fran. But every you every three you get, I'll do one. Yep. Uh this I don't like it though. Frazzle Fran remix. It's, it's fr- yeah, frazzle Fran remix. <laughs> uh <laughs> this has been another episode. I don't even I'm not playing any music or anything. I I didn't I don't feel good about it. I didn't get it. Uh <laughs> but I'm I'm not getting booed either. So we're just gonna roll out. There will be no there's nothing. We there's no fanfare. We just we just hit we broke even. So this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Uh, I want to give another quick rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle and send condolences yep. to his family and his loved ones and everybody out there that was touched by this story because every neighborhood has a, a Nipsey Hussle that you know a stand up dude does the right things and tries to change his ways and, and and give back to the community and let's hope that those people stick around and don't get taken from us. Um, but um, I've been joined as always by my partner and true crime friend, so Evans. Yep. And we'll see you guys next week. Rest in peace, Nick.